Okay, here we go. The Pen and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio the dial. The Pen and Maggie Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. Welcome to the Pen and Mikey Show. Zinfandel. I don't know why I said that. So I thought I'd let out a little wine. Uh, this is episode 27, and this may be a little less of a crackpot uh, circus of mayhem and idiocy than some of our prior podcasts, because we're going to take a few moments to reflect on the great game of baseball. Right, Ben? Right. You love baseball. Moderately. Not as much as me. I, I Not as much as you, certainly. I love baseball. I've always loved baseball since, like, the early 60s when I was a kid. And uh, it's my favorite sport. I love other sports, as you know. Uh, first of all, our sponsors are, what are they now? Oh, Shining Rock Golf Club in Northbridge, Massachusetts. Challenging track. I'm going to go there tomorrow morning. Not to play golf, but to walk around pick up people's <laughs> lost golf balls. And then I set up my little hut. And I sell them for 50 cents. 50 cents for each golf ball. Yeah. Uh, people pay four bucks for those Pro V1s. Those are good golf balls. But four bucks a golf ball? Hello. When I was growing up, four bucks got you a hand job. <laughs> of course, I came from a good neighborhood. All right, can we get serious, please? Ben, come on. Let's get serious. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll rain it I can't in. believe I said that on a podcast. I can believe it. All right, we're here to honor uh, Bill Buckner today, tonight, tomorrow, and all week. Bill Buckner passed away on Memorial Day. Louis body dementia was what got him, and uh, I was very sad about that for a lot of reasons. First of all, I have a long history uh, in the Bill Buckner saga, personally. Uh, just to give you people some background, younger people don't remember him. He stopped playing in 1990 which is fully uh, 29 years ago. Good for you. That's got that one right. Uh, he was one of my favorite players. And now here's why. When he came, uh, first of all, he, he was around baseball for a while. He was with the Dodgers. He was maybe most famous prior to coming to the Red Sox for jumping up and trying to catch Hank Aaron's 715th home run, the one that broke Babe Ruth's record. He jumped up and climbed the fence and almost got it. Instead, Tom House... In the bullpen, caught it, and that became the historic Hall of Fame Cooperstown ball that you know that broke Babe Ruth's record. But he went up that wall in left field, and uh, that's really you know he was a Dodger. He won a batting title uh, with the Cubs, I believe it was in 1980. But this is all prior to him becoming a member of your beloved Boston Red Sox, which he did in 1984. Now, ironically, he was traded for one of my favorite guys that ever played the game, Dennis Eckersley. The Red Sox traded Eckersley. He was very popular. He had some things going on in his life, you know, personal issues. They traded him to the Cubs for Bill Buckner, who had in issues of his own going on, but they were injury-related issues and a little lack of productivity. When the Cubs got rid of him and sent him to the Red Sox, he was healing up his very bad ankles uh, on Buckner. His whole life he suffered from lower body pain, uh, particularly his uh, his ankles. So he comes to the Red Sox in 84. In 1985, uh, Billy Buckner, at the age of 35, had 
a remarkable season for the Red Sox, wherein he had 46 doubles, uh, 110 runs batted in. Now, this is not a home run hitter. You know, this is a guy who never got more than 18 home runs in his career in one season. But he drove in 110 runs for that 85 Red Sox team and hit 299, and he just was really good, solid player for that team. Which brought us to 1986. In 1986, Buckner uh, played in every... No, that was 85. In 85, he played in every single game. 162 games with bad ankles, which is something special. In 86, he drove in 110 runs for the pennant-winning Red Sox. People don't remember. They remember... Uh, Dave Henderson, 102 RBIs. Did I get that? Oh, 110 was the year before. See, I'm getting confused here. He drove in 100 runs for the pennant-winning Red Sox in 1986 on a team that had Jim Rice and Dwight Evans and Tony Armas and Wade Boggs and all these superstars. Buckner drove in 100 at the advanced age of 36, and people forget that he was – Really, a huge reason they got to play in the World Series is because of his production. He was really he was a clutch hitter as well. But the stat I like most about Buckner in that year, in 1986, he struck out only 25 times in 681 plate appearances. So that's like, I mean, that's a minuscule number of strikeouts. He was one of the greatest of all time at not striking out. And people don't realize that about him because what do they realize about Bill Buckner after 1986? They realize one thing. Oh, he made that error. And that's what really bothers me the most. That's all you think about. When you hear the name Buckner, you don't think of Quinn Buckner. You know, you think of Bill Buckner, the error in 1986, and that is a sin, a tragic sin, and a huge scar on on. Anybody that, that fancies themselves a, a Red Sox fan, anybody who says that, oh, Buckner, oh, Buckner, I get so sick and goddamn tired of that because it's, it's absolutely wrong. They wouldn't have been anywhere near that World Series without Bill Buckner. And that alone is a tragedy because he's, he was a hardcore baseball guy. Billy Buck came from a family of baseball players. He had two brothers, Jim Buckner, more about him in a few minutes, and Bob Buckner, both who played minor league baseball. Uh, both were stars in high school, were drafted for the for the big leagues, didn't make it to the big leagues, but did very, very well in the minor leagues. Bill Buckner was a star of the family, and he had a long 22-year uh, career in the major leagues. But to say that he was prolific at not striking out is, is, is truly an understatement. Here's an interesting stat. Uh, Bill Buckner struck out one, every, one in every 21 at-bats in the major leagues. He never struck out three times in one game. I heard of him saying on the radio this morning, or yesterday morning, EEI, last week, 17 guys struck out three times in a game in the major leagues. Bill Buckner played 22 years, never did it once. That's a pretty good number. Uh, in fact, the only active, the only player in his, from his era who struck out less per at-bat than Bill Buckner was Tony Gwynn, maybe the greatest you know, stick-handling bat, bat, batsman in the history of baseball. Uh, Billy had a seven-time uh, run at 300-plus in the batting average. Seven times he did that in the major leagues. But what do we hear about? We hear about the error. Uh, with the tremendous seasons he had with the Red Sox in, in really, which is normally the twilight of your career at age 35, 36, you don't hear about that. You don't hear about the 100 RBIs two years in a row for the Red Sox. You hear about the error. 
over and over and over again. So we know that that tragedy befell him. And I was there, Ben Kitchen. I'm, <laughs> I was right there when that happened. Well, why didn't you grab the ball? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was, you could have saved this man a lot of heartache. I was standing behind home plate with a sea of Boston media people ready to run out on the field. All they needed was two outs, one out. And the season would have been over, and the Red Sox would have won their, would have won their first World Series in, uh, at that point, 40 years. No, uh, 60-something years, you know, 1918. And, by the way, I saw a sign at that World Series. The Mets were – after Game 6 when the Red Sox lost, I saw a Mets fan – Walking around with a sign that said 1918 was a fluke. <laughs> it was maybe the cruelest sign I saw when I was there. So we're, re- we're ready to run out there and interview everybody. You know, the Red Sox finally did it. You know, so there's a whole bunch of us, maybe 30, 40 media people from Boston standing behind home plate. All of a sudden, we hear the crowd go nuts a little bit. Then a guy gets on base. and well, nothing. Happened. People are yelling back reports because we couldn't see from where we were. It's the spaceman. We now go to the northern throes of Vermont uh, for a man who actually uh, pitched against Bill Buckner, my good friend, my buddy, Spaceman Bill Lee. Hello, Spaceman. Good afternoon from the Northeast Kingdom, 41 degrees, blowing snow. It's a miserable spring up here. You got snow up there? Well, it it, it was sleet and stuff, and it went over to Maine. And uh, But I, I think it's 101 about 10 miles south of here. <laughs> We're, I'm here with Ben Kitchen and Smitty. You know that you've been here before, Bill. You know where we are. We're down in the den of iniquity. Yeah. Yes, you uh, are. You're in that basement with it's all a tinfoil trying to keep the sound good. <laughs> <laughs> we, I called you. I called you the other day when I heard about uh, Bill Buckner because you. Well, you and I both were at the Brockton Rocks dinner with Jimmy Williams when when Buckner was there uh, in 2011. After you became the oldest man to win a major league game for that organization, and uh, Buckner was going to be uh, announced as the manager of the Brockton Rocks, and you faced him. I mean, he came into the league in '69. Uh, well, you but in the National League, you probably faced him when you were with Montreal, right? He uh, no, I never played against him. I don't think in pro ball. Uh, the funny thing is, in '62. We played American Legion. I played for San Rafael post-37. He played for Mare Island and Vallejo on the other side. And uh, I threw at him. He threw at me. Bench-clearing brawl. Fight breaks out. <laughs> A year later, bench-clearing brawl. And uh, Rocky Schoen, my catcher, just pinned him and beat the living snot out of him, and he never charged the mound again. <laughs> so he charged and... the mound on you, but he had thrown at you. Oh, he threw. We hated each other. We were mortal enemies, probably until until that dinner at the Brockton Rocks. <laughs> yeah, well, before that, I made up with him and his wife uh, out in a in a, a lodge up at Pico Killington Peak. We did a thing in Rutland together, and we kind of buried the hatchet, and uh, we just were kind of the same cloth. Yeah, red ass ball players from California. Exactly, and we were both, uh, you know, stars on our team. I led, I got the silver brat from Hillary and Bradich back in '62, playing American Legion against him, and he was the best hitter in the East Bay, and I was the best hitter in Marin County at that time, and we were destined to butt heads. And then he goes with Valentine, he signs with Bobby at USC, and both of them end up with bad ankles and. Uh, and they didn't get degrees because they were dumb as a post. 
<laughs> Ball players from California. Yeah, they were. Well, Valentine's from Bridgeport, Connecticut, yes, or somewhere he is. on the Connecticut coast. Right, but, but he uh, played at USC, though. Yeah, he went to USC for one semester. Both of them were roommates at USC, and they both failed miserably out on the out on the, in Southern California. And you won the College World Series at, at, at uh, UC. Yeah, he he didn't. I think he was in 69 or 70 as a freshman because he was born in 49 and I was born in 46. Right. So I know I could have sworn you must have faced him with you when you were with Montreal though, when he was still with uh, the Cubs before he got traded. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, you went to the, you went to the Montreal in what, 80. Yeah. He went somewhere when I, 1979, I went to the national league and yeah, he was with the Cubs through 80 through 83. Oh, then I faced him. I probably couldn't get him out then. I probably threw at him then. You know, the funny thing, <laughs> I'm I'm sitting at the expo dinner for the 88th birthday of uh, the owner of the Montreal Expos, the guy who started it, Charles Brofman, his son Stephen, and the grandson. Yeah. And they brought all the high rollers in, and they were showing the new ball field that's going to be built back on the water down by the Molson Brewery and the grain elevators right on the water. It's going to look like uh, San Francisco's park with uh, three sides water on a peninsula. And it was funny. Steve Rogers is holding court with the owners on one side of the table. I'm about three seats down there laughing and they're talking to Rogers. And then, then they say, Bill, who's the guy you threw at most? And, and I said, Bill Buckner. And then Steve Rogers has said the same thing. Steve Rogers both, did too. <laughs> both of us from left and right had run-ins and threw it at, uh, at Buckner. So he hated facing the Montreal Expos, uh, you know, no question, with two guys coming after him. <laughs> I'm telling you, he got 2,700 hits, and half the time pitchers were throwing at him. That's how good he was. Well, that's the thing. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because he, I did a stat last night, and I threw it out on Twitter, that he had 2,715 base hits. And then I said, Here's a list of Hall of Famers, a partial list, Bill, of Hall of Famers who had fewer hits than Bill Buckner. And here, listen to this list. Billy Williams, Louis Aparicio, Jimmy Fox, Tim Raines, Reggie Jackson, Ernie Banks, Vladimir Guerrero, Joe Morgan, and Ted Williams. Wow. Fewer hits than Bill Buckner. Wow. Bill, I'll tell you, he, he was durable. He had a bad leg. He played on a bad paw. For a long time, and uh, he was amazing. I, I'm telling you, it's too bad he'll always be remembered for that ball going through his legs, and he shouldn't have been out there at that time. You know, he was hobbled terribly, and, yeah. uh, and he shouldn't have been. You know, let me and, just tell you a quick – got to tell you this quick story. I'm, I'm, I covered the 86 World Series. I'm outside Shea Stadium, right? And I had a ball that I wanted to get signed by Bill Buckner for my son, Scotty, who was at the time five, loved Bill Buckner. So all of a sudden, we're doing some, th- some man-on-the-street interviews with the TV cameras, and we're yelling out, can anybody hear a Red Sox fan? Because we're in the parking lot at Shea. So it was difficult. All of a sudden, a guy walks up to me and goes, yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan. I go, what's your name? He says, Jim Buckner. I said, are you oh, related to Bill? He goes, he's my brother. I said, oh, cool. And, I, and we did a little thing with him. I gave him a ball and a bag, a World Series ball. I said, could you have Bill sign this for my son? He says, sure. That was before game six. After game six, here comes Jim Buckner. Okay, this is after the big loss, the ball through the legs. Here comes Jim Buckner, his brother Bob. They're walking through the parking lot, just shuffling like they've been shot. 
And he walks up to me with a bag, a signed ball. He goes, here's the ball. I said, oh, man, I'm surprised you remembered. God, uh, thanks a lot, you know. And he says, okay. And he starts to walk away. And he turns back to me and he goes, you know, it wasn't Bill's fault. <laughs> I thought, here's a, a shattered brother. He, this is a guy who's basically, you know, just he's watched his brother, you know, continue the jinx. And I yelled back at him. I said, you know what? Without your brother, they wouldn't be here. He goes, yeah. And he walks away. But I've never seen a sadder family in my life, Spaceman, in my, my whole life. Well, you know, he had a rough. I think what killed him was uh, grief and uh, a lot of pressure on him because his partner embezzled a lot of millions of dollars from him and then committed suicide and left him holding the bag. Really? And I think, oh, yeah, that's. I would say that the reason he aged the way he did was because of business decisions and friends that he had in Idaho that really didn't treat oh, him well. Oh, that's, that's awful. I, I felt so bad for him in that respect. I kissed him. You know, I grabbed him, and he was rigid. He was frozen. You, you on saw him at spring training, body. right? Tell, tell, yeah, tell us what happened. I saw, him, I saw him when the Red Sox blew the two games against uh, Chicago in Hol Holcomb Stadium in uh, Mesa, Arizona. And he had a palsy in his left hand. He was frozen on his right side of his body. He was speaking as though half his mouth was frozen. And we talked about it, you know, for about five, ten minutes. And then I gave him a hug. And it was like hugging a, hugging a statue. He was so rigid. Oh, boy. And I knew he was gone, you know. And uh, I knew it had gotten him. And, uh, you know, it was... It was sad, and then. So you're probably is, one of the last few people to see him alive, though. Oh yeah, I was one of the last few people to ever see him standing out in public. That is for sure. Yeah, that was his last swan song with the Ferguson Jenkins Foundation. He was with uh, me and Peter Marshall's son, uh, Pete Lecoq. Yeah, that dickhead, you know, and he was out there and stuff and what? wobbling around, and what? No, no pun intended. Pete Ledick. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Bernie Carbo hit him with a bat in senior league. Lecoq, he played for me, and he was questioning his uh, loyalty and everything else. Uh, St. Petersburg was Pelicans? Was that when you were in the... He drove a BMW like I did, and he had a, but he had a Luger <laughs> in his glove, glove compartment. Pete Lecoq? Well, someday we got to get the re- story of Pete, Le, Pete Lecoq's Luger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Anyway, but I'll tell you, Michael Mulcair hit... This is how we think, how Red Sox fans think. They said, Michael and I are talking, Mike Mulkern and I are talking, and he goes, Bill, they just, Buckner died. I said, yeah, I learned it from Mikey Adams. And he goes, really? He said, I learned it about an hour before you did. He says, they held a moment of silence at Fenway Park. And I said, did they roll a ceremonial ball down the right field line? No. <laughs> you, you, you guys are sick bastards. Is that sick or you, what? You're sick. <laughs> is that sick? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, here he is. But that's the way we are. Ball players, you know. They are we're sick. Like, we're like Viking freaking guys during wars or uh, what was that? William Wallace, you know. Oh yeah, that Irish crazy guy, the Scottish guy that went and Stephen William Wallace. Stephen, his oh. name was Stephen. Yeah, but yeah, but there I was don't a, know why. an Irish guy that came over and fought with William Wallace. And yeah, he was yeah. a crazy son of a gun. Yeah, the character's name was Stephen. I always remember yeah. that. It's my favorite, mo- one of my favorite movies. Steve, Hi, Steve. Stephen's my name. Steve Dillard. Uh, oh my. <laughs> so and that's where we are. You know, we. 
uh, what was his Aristotle said, luck is when the arrow hits the guy next to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bill, how's this for a stat? You ready for this? And by the way, I want I mean, doubles. This is a Bill Buckner stat. Career doubles, 498. Tied with Al Kaline. More than Bagwell, Fisk, Schmidt, Baines, Brock, Reggie, Fox, Carew, Clemente, Morgan, Billy Williams, and Willie Stargell. Wow. That's a lot of doubles, man. What a bad ankle. I'm telling you, (laughs) the guy was tough as nails, played in pain his whole career. You know, never was strung out on Oxycontins or nothing like that. You know, you've got to think. That they just don't make people tough like that anymore, and that kid was tough. Now, the the error, uh, as unfair as we know it was, on his back or as a scar across, you know, some kind of scarlet letter on him, uh, is it worse than Merkel's boner? Well, I never saw Merkel's boner. <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither did his wife. He, is it he, he was on the road. Disease? Was he like Louis Tion? Did he go around the right side of a building? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say Merkel's boner one time and get your reaction to it. I uh, love it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that was after the ball game. Something about... They went out and got the ball, brought it back in, you know, and yeah, uh, base running blunder. He didn't tag yeah, up, like, didn't touch the, you know, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think I'm going to oh, do that. a porn movie about a baseball player. Call it Merkel's Boner. Yeah, I know. Starring Linda Lovelace and Marilyn Chambers. <laughs> Spaceman, <laughs> thanks for doing this with us, man. And you, next time you're down here, come back down into the studio with us because we got we we do another episode. I love it. I love it, guys. And get out of that fish barrel and go out and paint a house. All right. We'll see you. <laughs> love you. Take Bye. care. Bye. All right. So, Spaceman uh, called, and thank you for that, uh, Bill. But we, where, where was I? We're telling the story of Game 6. That may be the biggest tragedy of all time in Red Sox history, and the, certainly in the world of Bill Buckner. I'm behind home plate. And we're all watching. The media's well waiting, waiting. This, this comedy of errors develops out on the field where the Red Sox, instead of being ahead by two runs, are now tied, and then they end up losing on the ball that goes behind Buckner. So Billy Joel had sung the national anthem, and he was there with his wife, Christy Brinkley, and their newborn baby. So they had sat right behind home plate. So all of a sudden, the game's over. The Red Sox have lost, tragically, and the Mets have won. And here comes Christy Brinkley walking through a sea of Boston reporters, and she's holding the baby, and she's tossing her hair back, going, we won, we won. And it, it, no one says a word, except all of a sudden in the back you hear, fuck you. <laughs> was it Billy Joel? Uh, no, no, but it was one of the Boston media members, and Billy Joel had not come out yet. Uh, but Shaughnessy. But imagine saying that to Christy Brinkley just because your team lost a baseball game. Well, think about how Bill Buckner felt. And I tell the story about the ball that Bill Buckner's uh, – Bill Buckner signed. I, I believe it was the last baseball that he signed before his tragedy in Game 6. It says, best wishes, Bill Buckner. It's on a 1986 World Series ball, and his brother Jim got it signed for my son, Scott, and brought it to me after the game. I have that ball. And there was a time when I was going to try to sell it to Keith Olbermann, but now I think I'll keep it forever and ever. Uh, but we, we hold, went hold, to, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We, what? You were going to sell it to Keith? How did this happen? You, you told him you had that ball, and since he's no, a baseball I member, knew he wanted free. that ball. Why, how did you know he because wanted that ball? Because it was the last ball signed by Bill Buckner. So before you the, told him about the ball? No, I didn't tell him about the ball. So how did he know about that I, ball? Because I'm telling you right now, if he, he would have bought that ball for me. He bought some <laughs> other ball. So you were? 
You, you weren't in negotiations with Keith I never Oberman. said I was. You made it sound that way, didn't I, you, Bill? No, but my plan was to sell it to Keith Olbermann because he was buying all kinds of stuff. You know, he was buying, right, the, right, yeah, he was buying right. Pedro Guerrero's, uh, <laughs> you know, stained jock strap with Ben Gay on it. Stuff like that. He likes that weird stuff. <laughs> Remember when somebody bought Luis Gonzalez's gum that he <laughs> discarded on the field? They bought it on eBay. For the DNA. I went back with Luis Gonzalez, and I did a story, the same story, and I he was playing along with it. Everything he touched, I, I picked up and put into a little <laughs> sealed jar when I was doing my interview with him. He came out of the bathroom, and he had toilet paper stuck to his heel. I grabbed that, stuck it in. I did that for Comcast Sportsnet, and I thought originally he'd think I was nuts, but he loved it. He goes, can I get a copy of that, Luis Gonzalez? But we, his DNA probably had steroids in it, Luis Gonzalez. Right? Because don't you think not, he's a Not probably. Come on. Not probably. Uh, she... Tur. Definitely. So, anyway, so but everybody's just really bummed out. The whole media is like, we thought we were going to cover this glorious moment in Red Sox history, and instead the Mets win. So, we're on the field. I'm interviewing Gary Carter, and then they're, you know, he's all sparkly, and he's like, oh, this is great. You know, and I'm like, Psh. Ugh, God, it made me sick, the whole thing. Keith Hernandez, all those miserable Mets pukes. So, we go out for dinner after the thing. It's like three o'clock in the morning. We're in Queens. Bill Patrick from ESPN, who was my friend, and you know a bunch of us, the camera guy, we're sitting in some the Deerhead Diner, and we're all in really shitty moods, and we're eating. <clears throat> I ordered some corned beef, hash, and eggs. It's three a.m. You know, so the guy brings the food over. We're eating it, and I said, you know, I got good news and bad news about this hash that I ordered. And then Bill says, "What? Yeah, what is it? What's the bad? What's the good news?" I said, "It's from a can." He goes, what's the bad news? I said, I don't know who's. <laughs> and then I realized that right behind me was the chef, owner, operator, proprietor of the Deerhead Diner, some Greek guy. And he starts swearing at me in Greek. Because <laughs> I'm shitting on his products. Called you Malaka a lot. So we left. And I went back to Christy Brinkley's room and I gave well, her. Well, at least that it answered. <laughs> I gave her what for? Maybe what five. I mean, that was a good night for me. All right, uh, I think we're out of time, aren't we? I mean, I, this I Bill guess. Buckner thing, I just got to say this. Bill Buckner did not deserve that. He was a great ball player. He was a good family man. Uh, he was my son's favorite player. He got screwed on this whole deal after playing hurt for the Boston Red Sox for years and putting in the best two RBI seasons of his career at age 35 and 36 with the Red Sox. And any Red Sox fan that reminds people that Bill Buckner made the error I'll tell him to go bite on Fred Merkel's boner. 